uh, dude, Cap, should we refer to you as like the the Iron Voice at this point? Like you've been you've been going nonstop. Like, dude, it's been like what three four days. I've seen I've seen <laughs> podcasts. I've seen like ten hour Twitch streams. I've I've seen I've seen a lot of stuff coming out of you. Like, how how are you are you are you doing okay, man? I'm uh yeah I'm a, I'm a little tired. It's um the the schedule is. It was okay for being on the West Coast, but then now, like the last two days, we've ad- added on an extra series every day. So now uh, we're ending at 7 a.m. instead of what was like 5, 4.30. Uh, you know, that's not too terrible. And like, you know, that's that's just the late gamer evening, you know, at that point in time. But uh, yeah, last two days ending at 7 a.m., that's uh, it's, uh, been a little bit rough, but you, you know. I said I would cover all of the major, and um, I don't know if I'm gonna fully commit to that. But uh, if I'm, I mean, if I've already gone through a fucking wild card and group stage, like once we get the playoffs, then I have more incentive to do so. Playoffs, so, yeah. playoffs should be easier, right? I mean, it's the group stage is actually pretty wild. If you think about it, mm-hmm. you know, I can probably, I, I, I don't want to come out of the gate complaining. I feel like that sets a negative tone and a negative attitude. That being okay. said, I've been known to moan a little bit, and which is a <laughs> sentence that I should probably reconsider saying on camera because it could very much be taken out of context. Um, I've been known to moan a little bit, and uh, like most of my initial thoughts about what's been going on this last week, like slant a little bit negative or a little bit nitpicky. And one of those, one of those is probably like, I, I feel a lot of empathy for uh, both the players and the talent for the for the format that's going on. Because not only are you doing like crazy days where you're up till 7 a.m. like casting for fun, there's talent who, because of, you know, COVID have less talent there and are doing less rotations. And some remote talent, like any of the people on the B stream, you know, like uh, like like Cyclops and Black are just casting ten games straight. And then on top of that, there's players who are like playing eight straight back to back, nonstop, high stress, high energy games. Like there's there, there's a lot of uh, th- this almost feels like esports circa uh, the you know early 2010s, where where it's it's a little crunchy in terms of schedule. Yeah, eight, eight games in a row for like context is like if you played TI the final day and you were in the lower bracket finals and you won and you went to that went to three games and then you went to the grand finals and that was five games. That's that's how you would possibly play eight games. It's very rare nowadays in, in esports to play that many games in a row. And uh, yeah, we're just uh, kind of casually doing that. Uh, with not really any breaks. That's another thing, right? There's a huge break between the lower bracket final and the grand final. Yeah. Uh, here, it's just like another series, another one, another one, another one, another one. Uh, the only time you get a break is if um, one of the other series goes long and you can't start the next round because uh, obviously that conflicts with the matches that would going on so yeah there's teams like quincy crew who just i believe 
I, th- th- this is offhand. Don't don't come fucking sliding into my DMs, Knoxville. But I think Quincy Crew might have had like the longest average match time. I saw them play like just some some really grueling games that are like you know yeah. forty minute games after fifty minute games after sixty minute games, and then they're just they they played eight of those yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. And on top of that, they're like you know they're jet lagged as well. The um, you know, just a, a lot of various things going on. It's uh, it's definitely not great. It's uh, the setup isn't that good. Um, the production, from what I hear, so I haven't been watching the mainstream, but I've seen complaints about the production. That is the norm, though, right? Because it's it's a it's any event the first two days, like group stage and stuff. It, it, production's always going to be awkward. I but like. I don't know. I don't know if I fully agree. Like, yes, yes. Listen, and- Joey, hold up, hold up, real quickly. You're allowed to go ham on this topic. <laughs> Me, I have to be the one that that you know. Hey, you know, these things happen. You're the one who is allowed to go ham. <laughs> I mean, I, I if, l- 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 let me put on my. This is what I do for a living. Hat. Uh huh. I I think that that I think the fact that I kind of know and understand some of the struggles both give me empathy for the people who are working at the event, but also uh, make me put it under more of a fine microscope because I often think of like how I would do things differently, and that doesn't mean that I'm right and they're wrong, right? Like it it like like a lot of that stuff is subjective. Mm-hmm. But but that being said, there's stuff that I feel like at this point in time is unacceptable to have problems with. If you have, like, network problems or game client problems or the internet at the hotel, like, is having having a, a shit fest, that's out of their control, mm-hmm. right? Like, you can, you can make plans, you can make backup plans, sometimes shit just happens, right? You can have different stylistic choices uh, in terms of doing a broadcast, right? Like, I am not a super big fan of, like, the, the, the fake set they have for for the talent in the panel. That's yeah. stylistic. I don't like the fact that they have three cameras and one of them's a jib and they live on the jib too much and every single shot has motion on it. Not really a fan of that. That's stylistic. That's fine. We can, we can agree to disagree, right? You... Absolutely, in my book, cannot have audio issues that are just simply like leveled audio issues for what is one of the three largest Dota events of the year. And then also, even more so, the the first major, the first land, the first international event post-COVID. Like, stuff like that is inexcusable to me. And I know that it doesn't, like, ruin a stream... But, like, why am I, the viewer, writing my own volume level so I can hear Owen? He's standing right next to Lacoste, right? Like, they, it's not like they're remoting two people in and, like, Owen is turning his own volume down and, like, you know, there's someone in production who can just, boop, levels up. Stuff like that is, like, hey, this is... This is Dota being back, and I know that there's a lot of problems with players, with COVID, with COVID again, with being international. Why is it that our first marquee event has has all these ads and all these production hiccups and like not top tier talent and not enough talent and teams who seemingly like all went to parties before they traveled 
Although, if Jack <laughs> hears that, he's probably going to come into my DMs and be like, well, actually, you know, MSS lives with 30,000 people. And, oh, he wasn't being careful at all. Like, okay, Jack, I get it. You're defending your player, whatever. Um, but, like, uh, it it's uh, like th- we, we, we finally are back and there's like all these it's like death by a thousand cuts right now and we're being saved because thankfully the event itself and the games are very entertaining and ultimately that's all that really matters yeah games will go a long way in forgiving um an event i i've worked a lot of events that i thought were bad but the games were good and so the event got a lot of hype um so it's um you know, Dota, Dota fans really only care about the game, so they uh, will be a lot more forgiving of uh, a lot of this stuff. I didn't know there were uh, sound issues. That one's always a weird one, because it feels like, um, is no one just listening to the broadcast? Yes, the, the, there should be, for all live broadcast, someone who is just monitoring the audio. Full stop. <laughs> um, someone who just has headphones on is uh, watching the broadcast. That's a person's job. Absolutely. Also, the fact that the YouTube stream was different than the Twitch stream and the Twitch stream, the colors were like super oversaturated and was just like weird to look at and like Mm. not super crisp. But the YouTube stream was fine, but it was on more than a a delay in the Twitch stream, like stuff like that. Okay, maybe they didn't properly test or figure it out or they had problems. But like, why are they showing oversaturated Dota with bad audio levels? Come on, guys. Would that have anything to do with the whole 4K thing that they're doing with YouTube? That's probably why the uh, YouTube is is slightly delayed because their bitrate upload is is a little bit uh, different. I'd assume that they're going to two separate channels or they're using a service where they push to one and that service like a restream pushes to both at the same time. But the fact that the quality on the Twitch stream was like markably worse in terms of the color space makes me question how they were actually doing it. Um, yeah, the, the settings should be the same, right? Yes. Like, uh, out, outside of the, the whole 4K thing, like everything else should just be the same, right? Yes. Okay. So that was interesting. Um, I, I think I think there's there's some really there's I think there's some really cool stuff. Um, I think that uh, I'm actually I'm actually pretty uh, happy with uh, with with Sumichu as a host. I think that uh, okay. she has done a, a pretty rad job jumping in headfirst and, um, you know, rolling with the punches. I think it's a little bit endearing that she's that she's pretty open with like, hey, I'm kind of learning along with you for some stuff. And she will ask some questions that, you know, you or I might go, huh, how do you not know what PL's ultimate does? Uh, but like, I, I think that I think that... Uh, in terms of having a new host in the space, she's done like a really good job with, with minimal Dota knowledge and she seems to like be invested in, in caring and learning and listening, which is super awesome. Um, I think the games have been kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Well, I don't know. It's been a little back and forth. Uh, yesterday, I think, was pretty good, but um, some of the days before that, I felt like it was kind of um, kind of meh. Kind of, kind of, whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's just a, a clash of like um, styles right now, and so as a result, you get some games that are kind of boring, just because um, one team is has a much clearer idea of Dota. You know, like like Liquid comes in, they've got this idea where they're running like three fucking not even semi carries, just kind of like they're all 
traditionally two or three position heroes, you know, like they're running carry puck and, and Venomancer on Koifa and, um, they play super fast and they take all your tier one towers and then they kind of choke you out for a while. Um, and then you've got other ones like Thunder Predator and Quincy Crew who are a little bit more uh, oriented around their hard carry. And so it, it's funny because like Quincy Crew and Thunder Predator, when they're matched up against some of these European teams, they have to deal with the enemy team playing fast and they've been able to do that really well. Mm -hmm. But then when they match up against each other, it's like... Oh, it's good old classic NASA Dota. Like both of them, one side has a, a Medusa, the other side has a PA or something, and then we're just gonna AFK farm for for thirty five minutes. It's uh, it's it's entertaining just because normally that would be annoying to see, but here it's like when they're the best or you know they've had a really good start. It's like oh, well they can. They can deal with teams who play fast, but then they can also play the, the slower style. It's not just that they're out of date. Uh, they can adjust. They know how to deal with faster playing teams. Uh, they just think that this way is the best way to play Dota. So maybe the reason why I have a skewed opinion of, of games being somewhat exciting is because uh, me, a Team Liquid person... Because <laughs> you're a Liquid fan? <laughs> I, I think... And, and anyone who says otherwise, I think, is actually just wrong. That if you're looking for pure entertainment value, Liquid might be the most interesting team to watch. No, no, no. Yeah. Let me not say might. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to mince words here. They are the most interesting team to watch. Because the roller coaster that we have been on for the last three days is wild. 6-0 wildcard start, 2-0 LGD, fucking... Uh, Average game time under 30 minutes. Carry, carry IO. Mickey uh, Grimstroke. Mickey Puck. Mickey Puck. Mickey Puck. Mickey Grimstroke. Uh, fucking Koikva on any hero that is never actually a one. Cool. Rad. Right? Interesting. <laughs> Day two, you lose all the games and you're like, wow, this team's really bad. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> Day three, yeah. they're they're playing against Mega Creeps for like 30 minutes. They're playing even more heroes that I think are unsure of themselves. Insania is improvising playing Death Prophet because he's mad that Death Prophet beat them a couple times. And he's like, can I play that hero? Seems easy, right? And then that works to do DP5. Like, the absolute roller coaster. Ben. Absolute who's, roller who's coaster of, of, a, of a couple days. Yeah. No, I no, I, I will fully agree with you. Liquid does put on the most entertaining games because um, they they never stay dominant for whatever reason, um, as as seen from day one to day two and that that whole switch up. Um, it, it felt like they kind of got figured out, and I'm still kind of concerned that that they they've been a little bit figured out. Um, and now we're going to see Liquid adjust and whether or not they can adjust fast enough which uh, it looks like they should, right? I, I don't think the chances of them getting eliminated are incredibly low. No. Uh, considering where Neom and Alliance are. Holy shit. Alliance, what the fuck? Um, yeah, I, I think it's... Um, they should be able to get enough time to, to adjust here. Uh, plus, there's the liquid clutch factor that they always seem to have you know like they, they just, won the wild they, they won the tiebreaker again they, yeah, they, they, they always won get the tiebreakers tie and fucking win these things it's so it's so weird man the thing is uh, and know you know i 
I I have no horse in in, in the race, and you know I I don't actually talk to the team about about drafts and stuff. But but as a as a fan, not even as a team liquid person, um, I worry that uh, the there's like a propensity to be too cute too often, and sometimes the best play is to just put Mickey on Terrorblade. Yeah, maybe and, just draft a carry once in a while. Yeah. You know, like an actual carry. <laughs> yeah, like sometimes... Not a Leshrac, not a Puck, like not one of those heroes that like, oh, it still kind of scales. Like, no, like draft a real carry. <laughs> yeah, the one time they did, they picked Sven, and then we had a, a silly game. But like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I would like to see a little bit uh, more of that. Like, I know that that's kind of what brought them to the dance, is, is being weird, but there, there's times where it just clearly doesn't work, and I think that sometimes the uh, the 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 quick of a venomancer uh, doesn't necessarily work as intended. Yeah, well, I I think uh, ultimately they came into this and they thought the other teams played Dota too slow, and it turns out that Liquid actually maybe plays too fast. Yeah, as in they don't wild. play for an enough late game. So yeah, it turns out, um, and, and that is for now. Uh, maybe maybe it's the wrong heroes. Maybe they're not playing the right heroes. Like Phantomancer seems to have kind of gone bunk for them. Um, I would say that that hero um, is good, but I don't know about the way that Liquid is uh, continued to pick it up. A lot of people are are defending, so they're taking. I think what some of what Liquid does, which is they seem to defend every tower because they're so their lineup is so fast and so aggressive. They feel like they're always willing to fight. So they take your towers early on because they win lanes or whatever, and then they never give you a tower. They never give you any any map control whatsoever. And um, and I think some teams figured out that if you like don't let Liquid take towers in the first place, then their lineup kind of stalls out. Uh, this Venomancer doesn't do anything if you don't actually take the two side lane towers. Flag words tickle. In the first fifteen games, yeah, in the first fifteen minutes, it, it just doesn't do a whole lot. So. Yeah, I've, then, I've been uh, really impressed with with the boys and just their um, just their co- their uh, team coordination and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 just been pretty. I've been I've been like, wow, this is really sexy. Taiga is so fucking good at Dota. Yeah, yes, he is. He really is. The uh, of course the the team that we really should be talking about the most is uh, Thunder Predator. Nah, man. This, see now, hold on. This podcast is going to go out <laughs> Tuesday morning after uh-huh. or during the games and right now if we talk about thunder predator it's just going to be like a snapshot of a moment in time because they're 80 and i will eat my socks if 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 they if they continue this streak we can talk about how it's interesting how no one expected them to really be doing this unless you really have your finger on the pulse of sa and even then you probably wouldn't expect them you know 20ing aster and stuff right i don't believe anybody who i i believe absolutely nobody Absolutely not. Not the people who claim themselves to be SA experts, not the people like literally who are SA experts living in SA. I don't believe any of them when they're like, yeah, I, of course, Thunder Predator, like they're really good. They're going to be uh, top, top of the group. Like, I don't believe not, any not, not against LGD. Bullshit. Not against Alliance. That's what I would have yeah. said. I would have said not against LGD, not against Vici, not against Alliance. Absolutely yeah. not. Now, whether or not they're they are a legit team, yeah, absolutely. I think um, you you would be a little bit foolish to um, just write off any team 
at this point in time that is going to a major. Um, Thunder Predator is has good players on it. First of all, I think Leo Stalin and, and uh, Katara are like really, really good. Frank has stepped up his game, uh, especially for this major. Moose is going to be like one of the best uh, players coming out of South America, uh, I think, of all time, just because of his work ethic. Um, apparently, he's got a fantastic work ethic and uh, attitude. And obviously, he's talented. So, uh, yeah, that, that team is good. It's just whether or not uh, their style of Dota is actually going to be able to work, which it hasn't in the past. No SA team has gotten has won a best of three in playoffs and when it comes to the majors and, and Valve tournaments. So the, the second best SA team, I should say. Obviously, Beast Coast. But, like, always the second best SA team would either flunk out in the best of one or the immediate best of three following. Mm -hmm. So... It's, um, it's uh, you know, the fact that you would possibly expect a total shift is kind of crazy. Uh, expecting them not to be eliminated and to have a potential to play for the upper bracket, I think that's, you know, totally acceptable. Expecting them to be top, I think you're lying. I think you're lying and you're just doing that that thing like, oh, you guys didn't ever, you guys never believed in my, re I was telling you guys, I've been telling you, God, I hate it when people do that. I've been telling you guys, like, fuck off. No, you never, it, nobody ever says that when they're wrong, you know? Like, ah, I outlier. told you guys LGD was really good and then they, they were garbage. No, nobody puts out that tweet, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it, it's a it, it's an outlier, right? Like th this is the one time that something exceptional feels like it's happening, and mm -hmm. until this is the norm, then it is the outlier. And we shouldn't take away anything from the fact that they. I mean, who do they play? They two at Alliance, who is probably a conversation to have shortly after this. They two yeah, they yeah, two yeah, Acer, yeah, yeah. um, and Quincy Crew. That's very legit. And Duoing uh, Aster is, is super legit, I think. Uh, oh, I absolutely. Think that, really that's good. the most impressive one that they have, I think, by by far. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to, I think, actually, I mean, I would have said that Alliance might actually be their most impressive one if Alliance wasn't looking like they're just having a problem right now. Um, yeah. But I I started the day off and I, and I wasn't watching from the beginning of the major and I was like, oh, I'm going to miss the first game. I have stuff to do. I'm, I'm out. I'm going to grab dinner real quick. And then I look at my phone and I'm like, Oh fuck! Did Liquid just lose both games to Thunder Predator? Mind you, this is the first series of the day. <laughs> yeah, Holy fuck! Yeah. We're getting get eliminated from the group stage. <laughs> that was my thought. That was my. Th I'm like, the team's having yeah, a bad day. It's just like the wild cards were figured out. Everything is gonna go south. We're gonna lose every game today. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that it wasn't necessarily uh, Li Liquid having a problem. It's Thunder Predators on on something. They're on one, right? Because then yes. they follow, then they follow up. Uh, who, do, who do they play second? Then they two at alliance, and it's like, yep. okay, okay, what's going on here? And then they two at Quincy Crew, and then they two at Acer. Yeah, Quincy Crew. Um, I was I was pretty impressed watching the Quincy Crew games. So that's what we did because uh, we had Jack on. And obviously, I had a bunch of NA goons on, mm -hmm. so we just followed Quincy Crew the whole way through. I also assumed that the main broadcast wouldn't be following Quincy Crew. Uh, of course, they started to because Quincy Crew and Thunder Predator were both doing well, and you know, so they decided to follow them. But uh, I think that um, Quincy Crew is pretty legit. 
I think um, Thunder Predator, I will speak about them uh, just because I think that they aren't doing anything that special. Um, I would say there's nothing stylistically about them that is that cool. Um, it's mostly just the fact that maybe it looks a little bit different because it's contrasted with European Dota, and that's what most people have been watching lately. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. So it is a little bit more focused on uh, their hard carry, but they're still using like these heroes like Wraith King to fight early. I think Wraith the, King, the thing about Ursa, them, uh, yeah. Terrorblade, Anti-Mage, those are all heroes they drafted, like tra traditional ones. Yeah. Uh, Terrorblade especially looks uh, really good right now. The way they use Wraith King is they actually use these Wraith King and Ursas to start fights um, when traditionally a lot of them would just be farming during this like 10, 15 minute period of time. I need my Battle Fury, I need my Midas Radiance. They actually use them to frontline for a team fight, use up that reincarnation or whatever and uh, win that fight and then they can go back to farming again. I think what, what honestly, I think they're just playing fundamentally good Dota. Uh, I, I think they're just like I'm. I'm watching them. They're playing. Uh, they're playing relatively fast. Um, they are just playing fearlessly. Um, they execute really well. Again, I, there's nothing really special or cheesy about what they're doing. It's not like South America is coming into this with a special idea of Dota that's catching people off guard. I think they're just playing good short. It also looks Dota. like they're playing Dota that's almost in a time capsule. And I think it's a good uh good showing that like, you know, meta's shift, but like putting Wraith King and Tidehunter and having a good five position never really changes and is still always kind of at least a little bit good. Because they're running a lot of Beastmaster. They're running a lot of Tidehunter. They're running traditional ones. They're playing, you know, uh, Earth Spirits in real fives, right? Like, their their draft looks like something that if you had in your pub game, you would be stoked about. Because you're like, it checks all the boxes. Yes. Yeah, there, there's nothing like um, Liquid. Their their drafts are cute, you know. They draft Puck, and then they're they're gonna grab Tiny or Earth Spirit, and they're gonna do some some combos that break the coil, you know. Like they've got cool, cute combos that like, oh, these heroes synergize really well together. Look at how how cool that is. Um, but like Thunder Predator, it's like literally the most basics of of land Dota, Ravage. which is like at yeah at these events like team fight abilities. Every single TI they always come back. You know, these Phoenixes, these uh, these Tidehunters, like these sort of heroes, Enigma, they always come back for TI. No matter the meta, where they were before TI and at TI, they always get upgraded in, in priority. Because the thing about land Dota is that it's higher stakes, so there's more mistakes potentially being made, and it feels better being the one with the harder carry, being the one with the big team fight spells, being the one that has... The, the gotcha card of like, we're better in this five on five. And that's what Thunder Predator uh, are, are mostly doing, right? They're, they are drafting the hard carries that feel good online events. They're drafting the team fight heroes that um, feel like you always have a chance to be able to win the game. And then again, I think they're just playing damn fearlessly. I think uh, Leo Style is really stepping it to every single mid he's played against so far. He's done really, really well, um, even Quinn. He played that matchup very well. So, uh, yeah, Thunder Predators, uh, beast. Does Quincy Crew beast. get? Does Quincy Crew get the prize for uh, best stand-in integration for the tournament? 
Uh, Pelosin's a beast, no doubt. Um, I don't know, like, I, I think there are still some moments where I'm like, oh, Pelosin, you know, like, ah, what are you doing? His um, Earth spirit that I saw was either like, oh, you're really good, or... Yeah, you could definitely tell there's like some slight miscommunication. I, I call it the 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 stand-in. Um like this this it's a stand-in thing where when you're standing in for a team, you're less likely because you don't know these guys, you're not friends with these guys. You're less likely to to say, uh, fuck off, you're dead. I'm gonna save my own skin. Right? Because it, you, you want you're like you're standing in for these guys like you want to be able to like you're supposed to help them out like you the last thing you want is for them to be like bro why didn't you help me you know like what are you doing like why aren't you going and why aren't you helping me you would much rather be like ah I tried to help you and we both died you know but, like you're afraid of being flamed for for not you know being there and doing things or the flip side of that I imagine that it's probably like as the stand-in you don't want to be the person who loses the game either, right? Mm. Whether it's, like, helping someone or, like, you know, doing something risky. Like, I feel like the possibility to make high-risk, high-reward plays probably goes down because you don't want to be that guy, right? Mm. Yeah. So there's several situations where I've seen him just, like, somebody's very clearly dead, but he still tries to help. Or there's been miscommunication about him initiating on a team fight um, and not going in he's he's still super good though uh but yeah there's definitely miscommunication going on but yeah i would say best best um standard four position is a really good place to have a stand-in i think because um, most four positions are like just those really talented people individually talented people um and four position gives you a lot of freedom so it's uh it's i think it's the most free role in in dota right now so Especially when your hero pool is uh, uh, flexible and able to be, you know, swapped around so much. I think that the mm -hmm. one thing that I really had an eye on yesterday, um, even more so than the wild cards, is uh, I, I don't know how many more uh, d days Death Prophet has left in this tournament. Yeah. I, I, th I think that we're not going to see much of that hero moving forward. Because almost every time I've seen it, it's just too flexible on a draft and then too stupid <laughs> you know what's weird is that i feel like europe was um i i feel like europe was the ones to first adopt the death prophet um but i feel like they are not the ones drafting this death prophet the nasa teams the thunder predator and quincy crew are drafting this death prophet a whole lot more you know and it's just like wait did, did this come from europe like why is europe not drafting this like insanely valuable first pick hero that can flex between two three and five you know like why are you guys not doing that why are you giving it to to leslau and mjz every single time <laughs> you know Quin so quincy's death prophet was sick in in both positions yeah. in both roles yeah yeah I, that, I mean i played an uh a number of five position death prophet and it feels like silence is an amazing ability your um your laning phase is really good thanks to spirit siphon like you just trade with anybody uh so like everything feels really good and then on top of that if you do have a good game like uh like svg did that one time like you can actually scale until real core you can actually be like a huge team fight threat not just a disabling hero so yeah it's um i feel like um this is going to be the true test of NA and SA staying power. They did good in the first day, um, but now everyone's going to see what they're doing. Everyone's going to be like, oh, yeah, 
uh death prophet hero it's really good oh yeah um team fight heroes are, are really good um, of course it goes both ways because uh, quincy crew started uh picking up the enigma because of liquid <laughs> they had that that 60 plus minute game and it was so obvious they drafted enigma the next game and then the next series they drafted enigma again they're like all right this is broken like having this enigma as like a support is broken and the inverse happened too because after quincy played two games of death prophet with liquid liquid walks into that series with uh vg and they're like insane is like i'll try that i guess yeah yeah and then it went really well yeah so this is this is like uh people are popping off right now like oh look at thunder predator oh look at quincy crew europe sucks and all that sort of thing but like it is the first day of groups the true test of dota teams is like um it's like a couple of things it's first of all how you adjust because dota is a double elimination best of three best of five game so you always have time to adjust uh and and um and i would say another thing is like how you react under pressure there's a lot of pressure that goes into these dota events fortunately this one doesn't have a, a crowd so there's less pressure on these teams but like those two factors i think are are highly underrated and uh pe- people people may be stepping in a little too quick here to say like thunder predator is clearly the best team at the group stage and and na and sa are the best region and stuff when like we still have to wait and see like how everybody's gonna adjust now that we've seen what's strong and what's bad you know i do not think i do not think that thunder predator is going to win a single game against either chinese team Ooh, see i would i i'm gonna put a hard doubt on that one because again i think thunder predator is actually just playing really good uh just like I, I don't think there's anything like you can break about what they're doing. So I I definitely doubt, especially since they beat Aster. Because the thing was is that they won those three first three series, and then it was like, okay, they just have the Chinese teams to match up against. Like, what if the Chinese teams are just there being? And then they two owed Aster, you know. Um Vici Gaming is a tough one. But um, I, I have faith that they'll be able to at least take a game off of LGD, for example. I don't know. I think I'm thinking LGD might be a little scarier than Vici. I think yeah. LGD might be a little consistently better, and Vici has like a higher ceiling. But from what I've seen of Vici, it really depends on how well Old Eleven's playing. Yes, Old Eleven is. Uh... <laughs> I, I this is I always describe this game this uh, this guy this way now because I was an old eleven fan, and then yeah, I you were watched an enough. Yeah, like like and plus I fall I I caught him. Casters are really susceptible to nostalgia. Casters, I feel like more so in Dota especially, we love to be able to hold on to like oh I saw that guy, I knew that guy, I knew he was going to be good back in 2013 when i first cast and like oh the 11 was one of those guys right i casted immortal magneto gaming you know that was like one of his first teams and like you know he he did stand out on that roster uh so like people love to be able to like they hyperinflate things just because they have some sort of personal attachment to it um and you have to be aware of that and so like uh, oh the 11 i had an attachment to him uh, but then I watched enough LAN events where he he would be the reason they lost the game. And now, like, I can't really back Old Eleven because, like, I think fundamentally, if you want to be the best, you cannot be a player who loses you the game. 
at, at, almost as often as, as they win you the game. No, no, no tier one, no, no, like grand final team is winning and losing at an equal rate. <laughs> you know, and I feel like old eleven kind of kind of has that. So yeah, it, it's um, like it's like it's like a real coin flip, right? Like I, I've seen yeah. I've seen that guy on Pango do stuff that I literally didn't think was possible with the hero. And then I've watched him just just throw it down and and int on others, right? Yeah, yeah, no, for for sure, for sure. That guy definitely hits or misses uh, a lot, <laughs> varying fluctuations. So, um, yeah, I think um, LGD. Uh, the biggest concern I have from Vici Gaming is that it feels like Vici Gaming is actually really good at playing the slower game. Um, that has been my impression. So I think they may actually stand up well against Thunder Predator. <laughs> But we'll see. They like they have this patience on Vici Gaming of just like that, like the way they handled Liquid. Liquid just crashed into Vici Gaming. Vici Gaming was just ready on high grounds all the time. They said, "We know you're going to make a move. Go ahead, we're ready for it." And uh, I think I think that kind of style may actually catch Thunder Predator, but we'll see. Um, we, we we've alluded to, but we haven't really uh, hit on Alliance. Do you have any inkling as to what's going on here? Because I think I think there's probably two stories to come out of day one, two overarching narratives. The first one is, holy shit, Thunder Predator. The second mm-hmm. one is, you know, I thought Alliance was going to really do better. Yeah, um, I mean, I would say just looking at the teams, I am not that concerned about Alliance because, look, they, they got two of my Thunder Predator Thunder Predator two at everybody. So okay, there's that. Uh, they got beat out by Aster. Um, I think Aster is a decently legit team, and it's the first day of the group stage for Alliance. Um, well, obviously for both of them, but like some teams just start slow, uh, and then they go one one with Vici. So and Vici is a pretty legit team. So I, I, I'm I'm not that concerned about Alliance. Like I don't think they're actually in danger of being eliminated. Let's say no, and so. That that is the problem with this group stage is everyone's gonna play a shit ton of Dota and very little is gonna change. I don't I don't know if you noticed this, but like uh, I I picked it up on yesterday. Look at the playoffs. You don't actually get any. Um, you don't move forward in placement being upper bracket. I I, I don't remember the last LAN that Dota was like that. Uh, I feel like almost always when you're in the upper bracket, you were guaranteed ninth through twelfth. Uh, but here. We're actually going to do all the upper bracket games, and those teams will drop down and immediately have to play for the thir- uh, 12th through 16th or 13th through 16th matchup. So uh, this group stage actually feels like it means so little. Yeah, so you're maybe playing that's, for that's the opportunity reason. at double elimination. That's yeah. pretty much it. And then you're yeah, also, that, because of the, the circumstances of only one team being eliminated now, you're also playing to be better than Neon. Um, yes. But yeah, I, so, I think that I think that Alliance has has favorable matchups coming. Like they still have their game against Neon. They have their game against Quincy Crew, which presumably they they've studied for. And I think that that is that is pretty that that's a toss up. They I think they can win that. Uh, we know that Alliance has a favorable record against Liquid, and that in a regional matchup really could go either way, unless there's like actually Alliance is having some problems right now, right? So I think that Alliance's second day actually does look better than their first day. Um, so I, I think we'll see them come up. I don't think they have really what's left in the tank to, to hit the upper bracket, but I don't think they're at risk of being eliminated. I, I would I would pretty safely assume at this point that that we're gonna be saying bye bye to Neon after tonight. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I think so too. It's uh, just the problems of having a stand-in because um, they have to shift so many things on Neom to have a stand-in in Rappi. Um, I've heard that they their offlaner uh, wasn't actually comfortable playing offlane, and this was before, uh, like, they were going to make a switch uh, before they actually qualified. Um, oh, so wow. they are going to switch their three and four position, basically, uh, because their offlaner wasn't actually that comfortable. And then they lose their uh, they 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 lose their their carry, and uh, then Scam has to go from four position into carry. They have to bring in a stand in to play four. Like you know, things are just messy. Playhard's not comfortable with offlane apparently. So it's like, okay, you've got three people basically that are not comfortable on that roster. You know, Scam has played carry before, but he hasn't been doing it recently. Uh, their offlaner is uncomfortable, and then they've got a stand-in who can't feel that amazing. So ultimately, like, Neom is just in a, a shitty position and will very likely go up. But they want to carry IO game. Yeah, carry IO is, um, is very legit. There are some clear heroes that are doing very well at I this event. I don't, you know I, know, I know that I'm not really a Dota expert, I don't, I don't really get it, Cap. You don't really get it? I, d I don't really get it. Like, I watch it, and I'm like, I feel like it's not doing damage. I oh, feel like yeah. it's not doing much, but it doesn't die. But what is, like, every time I see it, I'm like, I, I never, f you know, my my, my my dumb dumb brain goes, you know, oh, anti-mage, big damage, uh, old <laughs> storm spirit, zip it, ah, uh, boom, right? But then Wisp just kind of like, sits there and kind of right clicks and doesn't die and does spirit damage but farms fast but doesn't die but moves fast and 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 i think i think it's much more nuanced in terms of the impact for someone who doesn't have a fine understanding of what the hero's really doing yeah i mean it's like um he what his damage is very deceptive, right? His his balls, like the first five balls that come out um, on carry IO later on to the game, it's not going to kill anybody. So you're just like, okay, you may not even notice the damage all that much. And you're just like, okay, that's... He smashed him in the face five different times and they're not really going to kill that person. Um, what What next? Like, we just slowly wait for these balls to keep regenerating. But the thing is, is that hero is so tanky. It's like, the, this build that they're, they're, they're all building right now, it's like, you come up to, like, 5,000 HP. You've got damage reduction. You've got insane movement speed. Like, you just can't kill this thing. It just won't die. So the fight draws out, and all of a sudden, the, the spirits are doing more and more and more and more damage. Um, so yeah, it, it is like a, this weird, very weird hero because it does nothing, and then it just it very gradually feels like it builds up. Uh, but then almost it's like exponential. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, we can no longer kill him. Oh, he's got some of his later talents. Like, oh fuck, <laughs> now we've lost. Like, oh shit, he's actually doing right click damage because he's got the tether attacks target thing and he's he's just building like raw strength so his right click damage is actually quite a bit um and then he's got the attack speed from his talent because he's attacking whenever the other thing is attacking as well so then all of a sudden he's doing right click damage as well it's just uh it's a weird hero that just like out sustains you you know so 
Uh, and yeah, Io has a 66% win rate in 12 games, and that includes um, Alliance, I believe, picking it up as support at least once and losing with it. Um, Neon did win with it. Who else lost with it? Uh, oh, Nigma drafted. That's who it was. Nigma. Nigma drafted two different games with it. So <laughs> there's two losses right there. So really, 66% is actually very low. This hero is more hovering around more like an 80% win rate right now. Yeah, it's a. I, I, I. Maybe I need to play it to actually understand it. Yeah, I think so. I think that's here. Like, that's why a, a lot of uh, players were kind of playing around with it in their pubs. It is definitely something that you have to individually get used to and then your team's going to get used to it as well because they've got to get used to the kind of timing of when you can fight and when can't you fight uh and how you use relocate so it's uh it's a weird hero for sure but super strong and uh it's going to be like one of those winning heroes of the tournament it feels like any team that can actually be scary with it too is you're forcing a ban against it um which we've seen time and time again just really opens up the draft pool Sorry, my, somebody was in my chat, and they just said good evening. And I'm like, what? Is my stream on? <laughs> huh? Going on? What's going on? Huh? What? Apparently, he just typed that in my chat. It feels like uh, I've, I've, I've been lurking in your chat. Yeah, it's I'm glad that you uh, initiated the 10-minute delay. You got to follow those community broadcast guidelines that were put I'm out. I'm the only like... fucking guy doing it. I'm the only guy doing it. I, I fucking tuned in on, like, the second day or the third day um uh, of the event and i was like you know what i was like taking a bathroom break or something and i, and I got on, on twitch on my phone and i went through and i scrolled through and i was like i wonder who's doing the 10 minute delay just just checking out other streams nobody nobody was doing it <laughs> the only fucking person take the high the road take the high road austin you, you got you got the high ground you have the high ground see here's the thing i'm associated with kyle so in some ways i, I would take the high ground anyway because for multiple reasons it's it's in my own best interest right like i want to have a good uh relationship with organizers uh i do actually i fundamentally do agree with the uh orgs being able to dictate their own broadcast um we've had this conversation before mm -hmm. so like you know if i agree with those things then i should fall by the rules but also i'm also associated with kyle so, so, you know, like, if I don't do it, then it's, like, blatantly hypocritical. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's that, too. That that does keep you in check, I guess, right? But, yes. Uh, no, uh, as far as I've seen, Gorp and Bulldog only streamed the first day, and they did it without delay. Um, and then they haven't streamed it again. I, again, I haven't kept, like, real close eye on this. Uh, but all the, the, all the Russian streamers are all doing it without delay, so... Man, I... I, uh... I, I had a good time watching that uh, the, the 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 Quincy Crew uh, Liquid game along with y'all. Yeah, it's uh yeah that that one was uh, a lot of fun and hopefully more people. Um, hopefully, um, I'm hoping some of the pro players will start getting because I know there's a lot of people who are just like I'm I'd much rather play Dota right now. There's this big group stage, whatever. But once we get into playoffs, hopefully some more people start uh, filling in and getting getting interested. But uh, for my own personal benefit, it's been nice seeing uh, my sub number go up because I also turned on subs. Only subs can see the VODs. And so I've got like my chat up 
I, and I just see people subbing and they're all, I know if they're subbing and the stream's off, it's just because they, they're trying to watch the VOD. So it's, uh, Dude. it's been nice. I feel like the, the stream's growing bit by bit and I think it'll get better as we go into playoffs as well. So getting a bit of personal gratification out of that. I, I wish I could have made it uh, more of a thing, but this is a nice like soft launch, I would guess of it. Yeah, no, I, I I think you're doing a good job, and I don't think you should be deterred by like uh, subs or viewerships or anything. Like, I think that this, if if you're having a decent time and like there is value in it, both like monetarily and like and like stream building, then you're winning. It it also um, it also helps that I feel like competition wise, even with ten minute delay, I feel like it's pretty easy for me to compete here. Are you being very metered with your words? Why? I, I, I'm sorry, but like, okay, they didn't hire like a bunch of talent. Totally understand. The show gets screwed up in some way. Uh, and and we'll go ahead and, and talk about that subject as well because they, they obviously, there is one talent member who's missing. They somehow are missing their play-by-play -play commentator. Uh... That is not Odie Pixel. Mr. B Cop has just disappeared from the broadcast. So, like, things had to change, I assume. Um, and so they've had to make some adjustments. So they no longer have a secondary stream there in person. So now they have to uh, outsource to other people. Why did they not hire, like, literally anybody that they they didn't hire before? Is it just... I, I, I don't get it. Like... Why, why don't they reach out to, if not me, like, you know, I would charge them a lot of money. But, like, why aren't they hiring, like, Lyrical and Trent to, like, cover this? Why, why you know, like, Moxie is out there. Like, I, I feel like, no, no offense to, to the counselors there, I don't think they're bad. I actually really think, like, John, um, MLP and John are, like, a really sick duo. That's actually a standout for me, if I can interrupt you for, like, a small yes. second. I, I have I have been pleasantly surprised with the amount that I've actually enjoyed their commentary. I think that it's actually much stronger for them in-game when they're actually casting. Their between-game yes. stuff, I think, can still kind of use use some work. But, like, I was, I was very pleasantly surprised, and I really hope that it, it's cool to see them get more eyes on them. Anywho, go uh, on. <laughs> I mean, their two is too, totally unique, right? Because I... I I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure neither one of them has like an actual strong analytical background. Um, but they're still showing that you can do Dota commentary without that. You know, you you can just have a good uh, mm -hmm. like like uh, you know me me and Blitz's duo worked not just like it helped that you know both of us were good at Dota and can talk about high level Dota stuff. But like ultimately, it worked because of our relationship with each other, not because we could talk high level Dota stuff. It appeals to, you know, people who, who like feel like they're learning something or like they, they want to make sure the people they're listening to aren't noobs or whatever. But like, ultimately you enjoyed the broadcast because of me and Blitz's synergy. Which is also and, why uh, people, what's well, also why people kind of listen to this sometimes, you know? True. True. Absolutely. And I think John, John and MLP, like I don't, I think that either one of them is uh, really a good analyst, but I think their synergy is great. I think their casting is great. Honestly, I fucking, it's a pleasure to listen to them every single time uh, that I tune in. But like, there are just bigger casters out there. And I'm just I'm like, why didn't they try and hire, like, again, lyrical Moxie? Like, that I. 
when 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 I learned um that they were gonna let Cyclops out of artifact jail for the event. <laughs> and I know see now talking about Cyclops is really interesting, right? Because yeah, he kind of did shit the bed with the whole artifact thing, which is like a totally uh-huh. separate conversation. Um there's probably not a person who is more polarizing. Yeah. Which I sure. think, you know, I'm I'm of the opinion that that is actually super valuable. I, yes. I firmly believe that it is so much better to be polarizing than apathetic. And the fact that people will talk about him on either way because they hate him or love him is actually a benefit and an asset and net positive for him. That being yes. said, the amount of people who I think would have made more sense to bring into this broadcast because not, you know, if this was a regular event or a LAN in 2018 or we didn't go through the last year we did, sure, whatever. This goes back to my point that this is the first real Dota thing that's happened in a year. And we had everybody who worked on five different DPC leagues and a lot of people and a lot of talent. And you're telling me that the person who should be representing Dota on the B stream for what is the the biggest first international event in a year is 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 a black Cyclops duo? I really yeah. struggle to buy that. Yeah, no, I think it's um it, it's like when tournament organizers um put two play by play casters together. Uh, Epicenter has done that a number of times. Um, it's it's like you know why why shoot your product in the foot like that? Individually, each one of these guys are good, but why are you screwing it up? So for Zyklops, for example, like I think Zyklops is a good hire for the third stream, right? And I would not give him a casting partner. I would he can do solo because that's what Zyklops is really good at. He he makes a show. And he's really good at doing that solo. That's what Grant did as well, right? And when you force, like, whenever I would used to watch Grant, right? People would always like, I'd be in his chat and stuff, and people would be, like always at me or at Grant, like, oh, you know, bring Cap on, like. And I'm always sitting there going, like, no, like, but that's not what you want. Like, yeah, you think like, oh, yeah, like bring on this extra person, but like, what you are here for is the Grant show. That's what I'm here for. Like, you don't ruin that by bringing in another person. You let him do what he's doing. And that's what Zyklops does. Like, Zyklops is a really entertaining solo caster. And so, like, why like why would you ruin that by, like, forcing a duo and then also putting that duo on, not even the B stream, right? They were on the mainstream sometimes because it was Owen. They had to split the days in half. Mm-hmm. So, like, Owen's casting and then Zyklops uh, takes over the other half. It's like, why, why would you do that? I, I don't know. Just... It doesn't I, make a ton of sense yeah. to me. I didn't have on my bingo card first Dota land Cyclops mainstream. Like mm-hmm. it, it it feels off. It feels off. And you know, I th- that probably sounds inflammatory and a knock on him because it is a little bit, but just there's people who I think are more apt for that role to be on the mainstream of the first Dota major. Of the DPC. And it makes me think, like, um, I mean, PGL, basically, they they hired all their talent um, that they had for their their DPC, right? They basically took all of their talent and said, we're going to work with these guys. Except Um, RIP Nomad, but... (laughs) Yeah, RIP Nomad, because they found a different host. Um, And then they picked up Owen Shiver, because you can't honestly can't have... It's not a Tier 1 event. 
if, if you are missing Owen and Cheever, then you have to have a lot of other people there. But if you're missing a lot of those other people, you have to at least have Owen and Cheever. First of all, they're a package deal. Owen's the best play-by-play. Cheever's the, the Dota host. So, like, you just can't have a major land without them. But it seems like they specifically just didn't hire anybody that was, like, part of any other DPC, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, am I crazy? No. They hired Fog, but obviously he's paired up with Owen, right? So it's like, you need those three. Uh, I don't know. It's, it, it's just, it's, uh, it's a bit weird. A bit weird to me. Uh, like, for secondary and third streams, like, especially when things, like, changed and you needed to... Uh, needed talent i'm not sure why they didn't pick up like one of the obvious tier two like okay no one's going to hate on me picking up this person but uh, you know it's also sometimes a good thing to be able to feel to be able to pick up your talent against the public idea let's say like to if you really believe in talent to, to hire them no matter what that's uh that's also a good characteristic Oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I, I also think it's interesting. I would have anticipated more um, public complaining. I, I, think if, I think that if I look at the talent list on paper in a vacuum, that I would expect more Reddit threads of people being like, what? Which isn't really the case. Uh, and I think that probably part of that also goes back to the part that really interesting games and like fun event, fun, fun Dota can save events because people yep. aren't, I mean, they're talking about like in the match threads or people who are like watching the broadcast or maybe like on stream when the stream just goes down. But like, there's not, you know, a, a, a bunch of stuff on Reddit that's like, rah, 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 right? Which yeah. is interesting because does that mean that this is okay and like could be like 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 continued and, and normalized uh i always think that um like okay so owner and i had a conversation we were talking about negotiation um for this event specifically um and i told him basically you can ask for more um and he said like oh but he he, he said like you know, I do talent really matter that much? I don't know if like, and I totally believe that. I think Owen and I are actually very aligned in that, in that like talent, I think actually doesn't matter that much to Dota shows. But specifically Owen and Cheever, like, like I'm saying, basically you can't, like them being there makes that a tier one event. Mm -hmm. No matter who else is behind it, as long as you have the number one play-by-play, -play, as long as you have the Dota host, like you've got the number one duo like okay like you've got your bases covered you've got enough to be able to shield yourself from like community backlash so it's like i told him specifically for you guys you guys have you guys actually do have leverage they're not hiring any of us you know because like kyle and i were there i'm like they're not hiring me they're not hiring him like we know other people who aren't getting hired like if they don't hire you guys then like they then honestly they they have to they know they have to and we know they have to so like you are you do have leverage um so i would say yes i think honestly this is somewhat the norm in that you can um necessarily like you don't have to hire a lot of tier one talent you only need to hire very select few 
to kind of shield yourself from that. Another thing I think I think people are giving um, a bit of forgiveness to COVID and stuff like that. Like, Absolutely. I think people write that off as to like why the talent list is is very small, for example, for the major. Um, it's also why people are willing to, um, you know, like they give BCOP a chance, BCOP hasn't had a chance in a while. So I think that's also like people give um, leeway for that, which I think is totally acceptable. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is kind of the norm. It's I've always felt this way that in some ways, talent overrate themselves. Um, so it's not terribly surprising, which is why it's important for someone like me to actually like, if I'm not getting hired, well, like, I need to do something because I don't have leverage otherwise. Like, I don't think my position is strong enough that I, that I have to be hired for every event, right? But I probably, like, I probably should be hired for TI, you know, because the talent list is so big. But, like, other than that, am I really needed for every single event? Like, no, not at all. So I have to be able to give myself leverage some other way. Mm -hmm. And so being able to not even create a competing platform, but just be able to create something for myself. So if I'm not at the event, knowing that I can make something, like that I'm, first of all, doing something for my own sake, but it just, you know, being able to make something that actually gets me a little bit of money back, like something that basically allows me to survive. So I know that I do have some leverage, that I can say no to some event. Like that is important. And unfortunately, 10 minute delay kind of screws with that. Um, I personally, this would not be the way that I would do this. I think co-streaming is actually something that's very viable for the future of esports. But um, I do also agree that tournaments should be able to control their own broadcasts and who gets to be able to do it. So, what have you been doing with a? Because is this the first time that you've like really seriously done like a a, a stream like this, the ten minute delay, and the fact that you know people know the results ten minutes before you do. Do you just like? Uh, yes. Not. I, I've look done at it chat? before. <laughs> um. N well, I know I, I look at chat more, right? Because I need to make sure that no one's spoiling for everybody else in chat. Okay. Ba basically, you know, everybody in in watching my stream is all living in. They're all doing the um, suspension of of disbelief. You know, they're all like make believing that the game isn't over right now. And uh, so the biggest thing I have to make sure is nobody's there to fuck that up. We're all going to make believe that this is live, everybody, you know, because we like this broadcast. We're all going to avoid social media. We're going to avoid looking at other Twitch channels, any event stuff. And we're all just going to make believe that this is live. And so as long as nobody in chat is being like, oh, this game's still going on. You guys won't believe what happens at Avicii Gaming soon. You know, like as long as nobody's doing that, that we can all make believe that uh, we're watching a live broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Group suspension of disbelief. Yes. That's exactly what it is. So, yeah. Um, and then one, uh, a couple more things. A lot of people, a lot of people just um, don't pay attention to things like talent announcements. Don't pay attention to, like, I get people coming into my stream all the time. Like, what? You're not working the Singapore major? I know that because I'm tied into the industry. I feel like, you know, I expect other people to know that because there's an announcement and stuff that like most people don't look at Reddit every day. Most people aren't paying attention to these sort of, most people don't follow tournament organizers. Why would you? I do it because I'm a talent, but like, honestly, why would you? It's like I want to know what we play is doing. Yeah. There's like nothing that is being posted of value there uh, for them specifically. So it's like, you know, um, 
as you go into playoffs, those things become more apparent, you know? Like, like for example, like, every year, Valve announces their talent, but everybody within, everyone who, like, really pays attention knows that the talent uh, list is cut into half. There are people who are working the group stage part, but will never show up on the main stage. Mm-hmm. But it's not like Valve is going to tell you that. Like, Valve doesn't say, like, and these are the group stage guys, and these are the main stage guys. Like, no, nothing like that. They just say, here's all the talent invited, you know? So on the, the, the year that I was uh, only working group stage for TI7, right, I wasn't going to tweet anything about that because it, it's you don't make a fuss about these things. It's really whiny. You don't go like, wham, I'm only casting a group stage. Like, it's, you need it's, op- just, it's it, a bad look. Good optics is important for yeah. a, as an employee because ultimately you need yeah. to be a good employee. Yeah, and and so you're you're not going to say anything about that. But but you do want people to notice. Like you, like you know, and so so you're just kind of sitting there, like, all right, I did the group stage, and then what every talent does is they'll put out the tweet. Well, that was the last cast for me, guys. Uh, you know, like you know, it was a great TI, really happy to be here. Uh, but it's specifically like this was the last cast. It's like a, a fucking, you know, there. It's it's like a, the hostage message, you know, where they're. <laughs> winking, you know, or blinking excessively, trying to deal out SOS symbols. They're like, I was not hired for main stage, you know? <laughs> that, like, that's what every talent does, basically. Um, and so, like, you know, same thing for me at TI7. It's like, I, I had people, you know, fifth day of, of the main event comes up, and, like, people are adding me, like, why are you not at TI, Loku? What's going on? <laughs> and I'm just going, like, I'm not going to say anything about it, but I'm like, yeah, it sucks. I didn't get hired for main stage, you know? So uh, that that is also another factor. Uh, I think I would anticipate there is going to be an uptick of people saying, you know, like, where's Kyle? Where's Lyrical? Where's Moxie? Where's, you know, BSJ? There also could uh, be an uptick of, you know, why is Cyclops casting the semifinals? <laughs> Yeah, because I guess it goes well, both ways, uh, right? Like more people will pay attention to it and be like, "Wait a second. Yeah, there's a lot of forgiveness you give to group stage, just like the same forgiveness that we should or should that that esports does give. It's just like a well-known rule at this point, right, Joey? That's like, don't pay it. Like the production, like what the production is at the start of the show, you almost like write that off. It's what the production is at the end of the show. Everyone knows, like, the first three days are, like, all fucked up, usually. Yeah. Day, day so. one production, especially for big events, and especially for events that aren't long-standing ones, and especially for events that aren't even, like... I think that there's some people, like... Uh, I think at this point, like, ESL kind of nails their day ones, but almost everyone yes. else, like, has questionable day ones. Mm-hmm. Um, ESL assume- puts on, like very polished shows so they always make sure they're day ones that's their product their whole product is to be polished from start to finish right Mm -hmm. so like they get that and i think like we play is probably getting there or there it's actually i I don't know how much you've seen we play um over the last week has been putting on a a tekken tournament in person um i knew about that because of kyle but i haven't seen it it's uh it was great it yeah. looked it, the what what what's more upsetting to me is like when you when you start to compare stuff one to one that shouldn't be compared one to one because I look at what WePlay is doing like what they either did for Omega League or what they're doing right now with Tekken and then I go 
this is objectively better than what the major is right now. Mm. It's like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, we play, they put out, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I, I saw, I think Renessa tweeted something. It was like some, some um, it was a paragraph about we plays financials. Um, I don't know exactly where this was from or anything, but it basically it listed exactly like, hey, they make this much in revenue on an event and they lose this much. <laughs> and it was something like they make less than 500,000, but they lose over a mil. <laughs> so hey man, Uber still doesn't totally... make money. Like, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, like we play puts out a lot of money and there's a lot of people working there. And the result is a, a very clean, good looking product. Uh, we play does a fantastic job. Yeah. So anywho, um, we should probably, we should probably cut it there. eh? Because you need to go need to go drink some more hot tea and lemon water so that you can be prepared for your next what is it you got 10 more games today today's today's the last bad day yes the a stream has 10 games the other streams have four games so small possibility it's a faster day but then we also may have tiebreakers i don't know if i'll say oh there's dude i mean if you if you look there's six teams that are all tied for second right now like <laughs> the upside is it does not matter seeding within the top three and then the the upper bracket and lower bracket because there's one thing actually we should talk about this real quickly we don't know how the seeding goes for the upper bracket and i'm going to assume because i think it makes the most sense that it's randomized i think so right i would guess right? that it, you, you have to have some serious balls and you might be right, but you have to have some serious balls to go in and say, secret is the number one seed. Virtus pro is the number two seed. Uh, IG is the number three seed and like, you know, and so on and so forth. Right. You have to have a lot of balls to say that when these regions have been separated for a year, you know, and then seed them that way. And then say, therefore you got first in the group, you're going to match up against fanatic. Because, you know, they're the the worst of the regions from the playoff teams. Like, you have to have, like, some insane balls to just go in there and be like, you guys suck, you guys rock, even though we haven't seen you play against each other for a year. So, I, you know, I have to assume it's all randomized. So, which is also really interesting because who the fuck knows? Like, people are just, like, sitting there, please, God, don't put me up against Secret in the first fucking round. Like, come on. Like, do me a solid. Yeah, any other team I think is uh I don't want to play Secret and I probably don't want to play IG. Yeah, could be. I think Virtus Pro is insanely good, but Well, Nightfall is with them, so I think that they're not actually gonna have a stand in. I think his whole sickness thing has been resolved. So Um But yeah, I we're probably gonna see tiebreakers for that for that third fourth slot if I had to guess, just because everything is so I mean, LGD, Quincy Crew, Acer Liquid, Vici, four wins. Yeah. Six teams. Five teams? Five They're teams. all four, four, four. Yeah. Uh, LGD is technically four, two. But. So. Um, you know, exciting, competitive. Can, mm -hmm. I, can, I, can I do the thing that, that no one really likes to do and, and ask you who you think is actually going to come out on the top of the groups? Who, who's um, going to make upper bracket? I think Thunder Predator is going to make upper bracket. I think uh, LGD is going to make up a bracket, and I think um, 
I actually don't think Quincy Crew is going to make it. Uh, maybe Vici Gaming. I don't think Liquid's um, going to make it. I think um, Liquid might make our run at the lower bracket, like Liquid doing some clutch magic like they always do and all that kind of shit, but I do think they kind of got figured out. And so they have to correct course from here. So I think that Thunder Predator performed so well that they probably are, are very close to a lock. And I think the other two team two teams are going to be two teams from the wild card. It's gonna be some combination of liquid LGD and Vici for the other two yeah. slots. Yeah. And then that's what we talked about before, right? Is that the wild card teams, they're gonna come out, they're gonna do well in the group stage, and then they can potentially take that momentum into playoffs depending on who they randomize against lg is going to be like <laughs> tp's going to be like we we did it we went almost undefeated in the group stage Every, we're, 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 we're spit not fire they're like team secret dude sa fans are going to be so mad if thunder predator gets first in the group and then they randomize into secret there's going to be like cons- conspiracy levels of fucking anger you know they're going to be like what the fuck? How the fuck did Thunder Predator get first in the fucking group and you match them against Secret? That's fucking bullshit. You know, what the fuck? <laughs> you guys just hate South America. You're trying to ruin us. You know, it's good. There are going to be comments like that. No doubt. No doubt. If that happens, it all just comes down to the roll of the dice. We think. I don't, I don't, I, I haven't seen any rules that say how that goes, but. The only reason why I think Liquid potentially has a chance to squeak in is just their, their strength of schedule. And then uh, Vici and LGD still have to play each other today. Yeah. So there's a world where if, if LGD wins that series, they're in and Vici might uh, struggle to make it into upper bracket. But but if Vici yeah. win, then probably both of the Chinese teams make it. Yeah, basically Li- Liquid gets in if people 1-1 won, won against each other. Because very likely Liquid should 2-0 Neon. They kind of should uh i'm not sure alliance i actually feel like just because alliance and liquid go back that that is not very clear cut alliance uh, has to play three faster. series back to back to back before they play liquid which is not super mm. fun they they don't get a single yeah. break and liquid's their last series of the day which i think is actually um has nothing to do with dota but has everything to do with being a human who has to play six hours of dota before playing a stressful series yeah 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 so Liquid had to play uh, first through fourth yesterday, and today they have to pay first, third, and fourth. So at least they don't have to play the final game, which is Thunder Predator versus LGD, which uh, surprising. I feel like they must have made the schedule for day two after day one. I don't think so. Really? Yeah. How did they just put LGD versus Thunder Predator as the final series? Probably because it's late at night and no one had to watch it. <laughs> oh, see, I always think of the final series as like it's that final clash, you know, that you want that match to matter. And in this case, it should, right? Because LGD and Thunder Predator are one and two. That's uh, weirdly lucky. Yeah, schedules have been out the whole time. But even I think that they were, were pseudo random because the other games don't really make sense for, for final games either. Mm, there doesn't yeah. seem like to be any, any rhyme or reason to what's going on here. Um, yeah. you know, I guess Liquid Alliance is exciting, but that's kind of, that's kind of it. Like I, I probably would have put, you know, LGD Vici as, as one of the, the later games. Yeah. Yeah. So to summarize, the major has, the group stage is brutal. 
There's no reason you should ever have, or there's no way you should. There's a reason, but there's no way you should have. It's money. The reason's money. They need one more day. They need one more day of this group stage. Yeah. Uh, They probably need to hire more talent. Um, The group stage for 